So, uh, we're in this series called Rooted. I don't know how many of you are involved in that. Um, when, we for, when Rex first came to us as elders and talked to us about, the, about it, he said, well, I'm hoping maybe we get 30, 40, maybe 50 people involved. Um, just so that you know, uh, and I didn't ask Rex if I could tell this, so if I get in trouble later, it'll be okay. Um, but we sold 145 books. We had 145 people sign up for that. Um, to be a part of Rooted. I think that's I think it's a huge testimony of our church in that the, there's a large group of people in our church that want to be better Christians. And really, isn't that what the church is? And um, again, to not overburden you, not over speak of something, but I think a lot of that too also has to do with our staff and the leadership that we have here. So those of you that are going through Rooted, kind of, this is kind of a reminder for you. Those of you who are just enjoying the sermons on Sunday morning and learning a little bit from sermons on Sunday morning, we've been through, we've been through some different stages in our relationship with the Lord. And, and as Rooted, we, wanna, we want our roots to go deep so that we're solid as Christians. And we've, we've looked at who God is, right? What, what does he mean to us? <clears throat> we've looked at how, how does God communicate with us and how does he want us to communicate with him and, and that there's open communication. That, that's something that still amazes me, that, that the God of the creation of the universe would want to even communicate with me at all, but he does. And so we talked about that. And then last week, uh, Rex did a fantastic job helping us understand that there's an enemy. That we, we sometimes like to talk about how good God is, and, and that's important, but it's also important for us to understand that there's somebody who doesn't want people to know Jesus. And there's, there's somebody who's very, very anti-Christianity, and, and his name is Satan, and he's a real person, and, but he doesn't have all the power. And so I really, really enjoyed that, and I've enjoyed going through this series. Hopefully, if you're partaking, you, you're enjoying it too, and, and your faith is growing a little bit. Hopefully, you're sharing with people about this. So uh, today we're going to take an, we're going to take another step. We're going to kind of it's not necessarily a huge shift in gears, but it's a little bit a little bit different because we've talked we've been talking about our relationship with God up until now and and those kind of things. Today we're going to we're going to take a little shift, still in rooted because this the next two weeks actually are on service. So we're going to we're going to start today about okay, God loves me, okay? God wants to communicate with me, okay, God is great, God is good, all these good things. There's all these cool things about God, but then how does that, how does that affect me, and how does that, what, what should that do in my life, and how, how does that relate to life, right? Does, is it just something that we do on Sunday mornings, we come in, yay, yay, hallelujah, raise our hands, say amen, and then we go home and we kind of forget about who God is. And so today we're going to talk about service, um, and you know, those of you that are going through this, you know, each week you get a memory verse. And I don't know, I'm not, I'm not testing you, but I'm going to tell you, if you don't have to this week's memory verse done and memorized by the end of the week, I'm going to be a little bit disappointed. Um, because we're, that's all I'm preaching on. I'm going, to, I'm going to spend the entire time I'm preaching on our memory verse. All right, Because I love you, because I want you to succeed in memorizing a verse, we're going to go through this. So you're going to see it several times on the screen today. So you're going to get like, you're going to get like 30 minutes to practice. So when you go home, you'll have a good head start, right? Because I love you, right? Okay? So take your practice time and let, let's nail this. I want everybody, I want, I want Rex to be able to say next Sunday, everybody stand up, let's do the memory verse, and everybody does it. No, I'm just teasing. That's not really what I'm, that's not what I'm after. But I do want you to be able to understand something different about service. 
I'm sure you've heard sermons on service before. I, I, can, I, I, I know that because I've done them. <laughs> um, but we're going to look at something today, and it starts with the fact that we are God's masterpiece. If you would think about masterpieces, when you think about the word masterpiece, what, what comes to mind? Generally, it's some huge piece of artwork. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's somebody has poured all of their life into one thing, and that they, they, then they step back and they go, oh, that, that's my masterpiece. And so what we're going to learn today, what, what's important for you to understand is that we as followers of Christ are actually the masterpiece of the creator of the universe. We are his masterpiece. So we're going to look at this. First of all, we have to understand our identity. Who are we? As, as a follower of Christ, what does that mean? And who am I? When, when people look at me, what should they see? <clears throat> who? Any, anyone ever wonder who you are? <laughs> Besides your name, I'm sure you know your name. But you, you ever wonder, hey, really, who am I? You may not want to raise your hand, and I understand that. That's okay. But all of us have been on some journey to find ourselves, right? If I say it that way, then probably more of you, would, it probably might click a little bit more, right? How many of you had kids that have went on their journey to find themselves, right? So we understand, we understand that, that that wrestle about our identity sometimes happens. Our identity as Christians is the masterpiece of the creator. Look at this. Ephesians chapter 2 is your first look at your memory verse, all right? Listen to this. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What does it mean to be a masterpiece? What does it mean when you think of the word masterpiece, what does it mean? If I were to say the name, let's say Leonardo da Vinci, what are, would you be able to come up with a masterpiece from Leonardo da Vinci? Anybody? The Sistine Chapel, very good, right? I mean, laying upside down, painting the top of that thing, it's, it's amazing. I don't know if you've ever been there. I've never been there. I've seen some pictures. One person could paint that. That's amazing to me. That's something that, that we look at and we say, oh, wow, that's, that's impressive, right? That's all of my life is poured into this one thing. What else? What if, what if I were to say George Friedrich Handel? What, would, would anybody be able to give me a, give me a masterpiece from that? The Messiah, right? This, and inside the Messiah, we're going to look a little bit later at the Hallelujah Chorus. But, but there's this, this big, big production called the Messiah. <clears throat> and, they, and so Handel looks at that. Now, is that the only thing that Handel ever wrote? No. But is that the only thing that Leon, Leonardo da Vinci ever painted? No. But that, when, we, when we think of those people, that's who we think of. I want you to think about it. I want you to, I want you to process this. Let's go back to creation. Everybody remember creation? Anyone in here heard the creation story? Right? Day one, God creates light, dark, right? Let there be light, and there was light, and let there be this. And, let, and so he goes through the first day. He gets to the end of the first day, and what does he say? Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good. And then he goes through the second day, and they create some more things. And he gets to the end of the second day, and he says, well, that's good. That, that, that's good. And they go through the third day. And at the end of the third day, they say, 
that's good. And at the end of the fourth day, they say, that's good. And at the end of the fifth day, they say, oh, oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good stuff. And then on the sixth day, what happens on the sixth day? He creates man, right? And he gets to the end of the sixth day, and he steps back. And in Genesis chapter 1, 31, it says this, And then God looks over all he had created, and he said, Oh, that is very good. That is very good. Now that what had changed, what had changed on day six, man had become part of creation. Man is what made God say that is very good. Up until that, it was good. Now, just so you don't miss this point, does everybody understand the difference in good and very good? How many of you know a good singer? Anybody know a good singer? How many of you know a very good singer? What's the difference? One you love to listen to, one you'll tolerate. Right? And over here on this end are those like me that believe when David said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, that's exactly what you should do. I make a joyful noise, right? But there's a difference in good and very good, right? How many of you know a good cook? How many of you know a very good cook? What's the difference? One you tolerate, one you look forward to, right? When God created man, he stepped back and he said, that's not just good. (laughs) That is very good. (laughs) I I don't know. I wasn't there. And maybe we'll find out later. I I can almost see God looking at Jesus and giving him a little elbow and saying, (laughs) oh, yeah, that's very good. A little fist bump. You're the masterpiece of the creator. You see, what I know, what I know because I've dealt with people and I've been in church and I've been around people, what I know is there are people today sitting in this room right now, in this, in this very auditorium, there are people sitting here wondering about their identity and they don't feel like they're the masterpiece of the creator. There are people that feel like They don't really matter. There are people that feel like they're back in the good area. They don't really qualify for very good. But that's not true. Paul says, you are the masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. uh, Other translations will say workmanship. And when you think about work, as somebody working together. Now, this one doesn't relate to me nearly as well because I, I, I'm very, very bad with fixing things. Like, like my grandfather uh, on my mom's side, my grandfather, he was, he was very good at fixing. Like, anyone seen a turkey fryer? Like, you go buy a turkey fryer, got a little burner on a stand, big pot, right? You've seen those probably. My grandpa had one of those back in the 70s that he made by taking a piece of stainless steel, wrapping it around a telephone pole, pulling it off, and then welding it together, welding a bottom on it, taking an old stool, putting a, bar- putting a burner on it, hooking it up to a propane tank, and frying fish, but way before Cabela's was selling them. So 
somehow that didn't make it in, that didn't make it through this guy. <laughs> but I'm always amazed. Like and people that anybody know can do real good woodwork. Like they, they do a woodworking project in there. It's amazing to me to watch them go through that and to see what they come up with. And that's, that's what Paul is saying. Understand that Paul is saying, you're the workmanship of the creator. You're the workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. When God looks at you, he says, man, I don't know that I can do any better than that. Isn't that amazing? I mean, if you struggle with identity, if you struggle with who you are, if you struggle feeling okay and feeling good about yourself, listen to God through Paul say, you are the masterpiece of God. You are his workmanship. As he's putting you together, he is saying, not you're good. He's saying, oh, that is very good. You see, too many of us struggle that shouldn't struggle. Now, I will also say the opposite is true. Let's remember that we're God's masterpiece because he's making us that, not because we're that awesome. Right? What does Paul say through the first several verses of Ephesians chapter 2? If you go back, if you start at verse 1 and go through verse 9, Paul tells us, remember that you once were this. And when he says you once were this, what does he say? You once were awesome? No, you once were horrific. You once were just like all of those pagans out there. You were lost in sexual immorality. You were lost in sin. You were lost in selfishness. You were lost in all of these things. But God, through his grace, saved you, right? And everybody, everybody knows 2, 8, and 9. It is by grace that you have been saved, not through faith, not by works so that nobody can boast. And it's right after that that Paul says, because you're God's workmanship. Because you're God's masterpiece. God is the one that's at work in your life. I hope that helps. I hope, that, I hope those of you that struggle with who you are, I pray that that gives you encouragement. Because there's nothing worse than feeling like you don't matter, right? That, that's a tough place to be. But also remember that you're God's masterpiece. But it's not just about our identity it's also about our purpose. How many, of our, how many of us struggle with our purpose? Anyone wonder what you're here for? Ever sit back and say, man, I, 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 don't, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm in this job. I don't know why I'm in this church. I don't know why I'm in this family. I don't know why I'm in this. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, what, what does it matter? And there's all kinds of things out there about learning your purpose, right? There's all these self-help books here. 21 irrefutable laws of all this. And all, you just go down through all the, this long list of books that will tell you what your purpose is. Let me tell you that Paul made it simple. We as Christians love to complicate simple. We love to take things that are easy and make them extremely difficult. I'm not exactly sure why that is. But let's go back to your memory verse. This is the second time you get to see it. Let's go back to our memory verse and look at it again. For we are God's masterpiece. Created anew in Christ Jesus. So we're a new creation so we can do good things. That's our purpose, right? It's simple. We're God's masterpiece. We've been made new. And the reason we've been made new in our God's masterpiece is so that we can do good things. It's not complicated. It's not stressful. It's not a lot of work. It's just good, do good things. Let's go back to good versus very good. Do you know when somebody's doing something good for you? 
can you tell the difference in good and bad? Do you know when somebody's doing something good to you and when somebody's doing bad, something bad to you? Yes, right? Now, when you're a kid, it's a little bit different because mom and dad always, you know, your mom and dad always say, this spanking you're about to get is for your, it's for your good. You know, I, that's not always easy to understand when you're a kid. I understand it now because I'm not a kid anymore. But, I, but back then, I, I didn't understand it, right? So, but we understand that there's good and there's not so good things. And Paul says, you've been, you're God's masterpiece. You've been made new so that you can do good things. It's simple, right? So as we start to look at service, as we, as we begin this week and we do some things in service, what does it mean to serve and where do we serve from? You're ma- the masterpiece, you're made new, do good things. What kind of good things should we be doing? Well, uh, be okay to take some food to somebody, it'd be okay to walk somebody across the road, be okay to do. We've got all these things that are good things to do. How do we know we're doing those? Hmm. <laughs> we just go through life, right? How many of you just go through life? Anybody just go through life, just kind of exist? Take what it is? We do good things because God gives them to us to do. We serve others because we're the masterpiece. Part of being the masterpiece is serving. I'm going to put a picture up here. Everybody see that? Does anybody know what that is? It's some sheet music, right? It's from the Hallelujah Chorus, which is part of the Messiah. We talked about that before, right? Now, some of you are looking at that going, oh, that's super cool, because you like orchestra music, and you've played in the symphonic band, and, you, and you're because what this is, is one, it's one page out of the conductor's score for the Messiah. So there's different parts on there. If you can read, I couldn't really get it all that great because I wanted to show the craziness of it. But like you'll see harp and flute and clarinet, whatever, different instruments on there. And that's each person's part. So my question is this. Is this the masterpiece? Is this Handel's masterpiece? This piece of paper? No. Because how many of you looked at that and went, oh, oh, that's really cool. Man, that, that is awesome. I want to do something different in my life now. And, and I've been moved to something, to some change. Is, is anybody do that? Some, it's okay. Raise your hand. Some of you that love music, it's okay. Right? But the piece of music is not the masterpiece. The masterpiece is when all of those parts and all of the voices come together singing all at one time, playing all at one time, their specific notes all coming together and wowing you and making a king stand up, right? The masterpiece is not the piece of music. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read about spiritual gifts, right? We hear there's this gift, there's that gift, there's this, there's that. Different people do different things. There's studies on spiritual gifts. But what you will not find is where Paul or anyone in the scripture will say, your spiritual gift is to be a piece of sheet music sitting on a music stand. It's not in there. You will not see the spiritual gift of criticism. 
It's, it really isn't one. I know there are people out there that think it is, and I know there are people you've dealt with that they, you think they think it is, but there's not. There isn't a spiritual gift of gossip. It's, it's not there. Although sometimes we may see that. The masterpiece is when things come together, right? It's when all of these voices come together in song and all of these instruments come together in song and doing the good things, that's when we show up as God's masterpiece, right? None of you looked at that. And if I, had taken, if I would have taken the title off of the top of it, probably very few, if anybody in this entire room would have known what it is. You just said that. Some of you think it's hieroglyphics. That's okay, right? So what does it mean to be the masterpiece? Is the masterpiece the sheet of music? No. Is the masterpiece me coming to worship on Sunday morning, sitting in a chair, and then leaving and going back home and waiting until the next week? Is that the masterpiece? No, we're the masterpiece because we're created to do something. We're created to do good works. Service isn't always easy. <laughs> Remember, I, I told you I'm not all that handy, um, and cars really aren't my friend if it's not working. And uh, yesterday, my tractor st- stopped working, and um, I, I called a friend of mine <clears throat> that knows how to fix that kind of stuff, and he came over and fixed it. And um, I was very grateful. I felt a little bit worse today because when I talked to him, he was actually playing blocks with his granddaughter and stopped playing blocks with his granddaughter to come help me uh, get my tractor fixed. But why did those people do that? When, he's not the only person that's done that, right? Because some of you might be saying, well, I do stuff like that. It's not about doing this stuff. It's where does that come from? Where does that heart come from? Is it because I want to do it so someone will be grateful? Did he do it so that I would say, oh, thank you, you're awesome? Or did he do it because, because he likes helping people? Did he do it because the Spirit of God is within him and that's what the Spirit tells us to do? And see, the question goes, I, I turn that question around to you. When you do things for people, when you do these good things, do you do them so that people will thank, they, will thank you? Do you do that so they'll be appreciative? Or do you do it because God's, you're God's masterpiece? Because that, that shows different, right? Have you, ever, have you ever been aggravated somebody didn't say thank you when you did something nice for them? Did you do it for them or did you do it for the Lord? Did you do it because you're the masterpiece of the creator? Or did you do it because, well, at some point I might need some help from them. So if I do this for them now, someday they'll owe me. Right? We're the masterpiece. We are the masterpiece of the Savior, of the creator. Made New to do good things. So we understand our identity, right? We know who we are. We're the masterpiece. We know our purpose. Our purpose is simply to do good things. This is the kicker right here. Let's look at the timeline. Look back at your memory verse. This is number three time I'm letting you hear it and see it. See, you should almost have it memorized by now. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now look at this. That he planned for us long ago. What does long ago mean?
You know what he's saying here? I'm going I'm to let you off the hook. Long ago actually means prior to creation. Make sense of this. Prior to let there be light, God planned for my friend to stop playing blocks with his granddaughter and come help me with my tractor yesterday. Does that amaze anybody? I mean, does that make you, that like blows my mind. That God is so big that he, he's, in his, let's, how about this? How many of you ever prayed a prayer similar to this. God, if you want me to help somebody or you want me to speak to somebody, you want me to be helpful to somebody, please, please, send, them to, please send them to me. Anybody prayed something like that before? All right. I've prayed that before. And you know kind of the mindset that I prayed with that prior to this is when I prayed that, then God's, God would say, oh, Brian's ready to serve now. Let me get the phone book out. Let me, uh, let me see. Uh, nope. 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 Oh. Oh, yep, right there. Joe. Okay, since Brian's ready to serve, I'm going to send Joe over to Brian. That's kind of how we think, right? I mean, obviously not about a phone book. We don't think God gets a phone book out. But we we think that when we pray that kind of stuff, then God moves into action. like, oh, you're ready to serve. Okay. The Bible, Paul says, the good works that you're doing that you sometimes think are you being a nice person, that was planned before let there be light. Before, oh, that's good. God looked and he said, on this date at this time, this person is going to need this, and I'm going to fulfill it with that person. From long ago. It amazes me. How involved in our lives God wants to be. Before let there be light. Every, listen, every good thing that you've ever done in your life or you will do in your life, every last one of them was planned before God created the heavens and the earth. It really has nothing to do with me, does it? It's all about God. It's all about God saying, man, (laughs) I'm going to put this together and I'm going to form this and I'm going to shape this. It's going to be my, that's my masterpiece. And now watch them go to work. (laughs) Now watch them go change lives. Now watch them go show me off. Watch, Watch them go tell people how wonderful I am. We're the masterpiece of the Savior. Created to do good things that were planned before time. I don't know if that blows your mind or not, but it blew mine. See, it's not about whether I feel like doing something good for somebody. It's about whether God prepared that for me to do. It's not about whether I'm in the right frame of mind to serve. It's about whether God needs me to serve in that moment. See, when you look around our world today, do you see servant mindsets from people or do you see, I'd rather be served? It's pretty easy to say most people want to be served, don't they? 
I mean, if I had my druthers, I'd rather have someone bring me my dinner than have to get up and go get it, right? But on a, on a large scale, our world, our world doesn't always reflect that we're the masterpieces of the Savior. We, as the children of God in this church, here at True North, we are the masterpieces of the creator of the universe, created to do good works that have been planned for us from before there was time. The beauty of that is that in that one verse, there's space for each of you to find yourself, isn't there? You see, some of you, need to, some of you need a little bit more of an understanding of your identity that God actually calls you and says you're a masterpiece. You're not useless. You're not worthless. You're not too far gone. You're not any, any of those things. You're the masterpiece of the Savior. Some of you need a little bit of clarification in your purpose. What does it mean to be that masterpiece? It means that we're here to serve, and it means that we're here to do good works and encourage other people. And some of us need to understand that whether we want to, we don't want to, we should or we shouldn't, God has planned all of our good deeds from way back. We serve an amazing God, don't we? So glad that he's the one that said, all of this, but when they see you, I say very good. As the worship team comes forward, I want to read the words to a song. And you guys, this is Southern Gospel, so maybe some of you, maybe many of you who haven't heard it. Um, but there's a song by the Neelands called, Excuse Me. Are you Jesus? And as we listen, as we listen to it, it's just like one story. But as you're listening to this song and the, and the words of this song, I want you to think about what it would be like to actually have someone ask you that question. Uh, are you Jesus? So listen to this and then, then we're going to close. I was racing through the airport to make an early flight. I wanted to get home to see my children and my wife. I rushed around the corner and apple stand was there until I knocked it over. The fruit went everywhere. At first I kept on going. I just couldn't miss that plane. I looked over my shoulder, not stopping to explain. A girl was down there on her knees, groping round to find the apples scattered on the floor. And then I saw the girl was blind. As my plane was leaving, I stopped to lend a hand. I picked up all the apples and restored the apple stand to replace the bruised and broken in her fingers pressed some bills. As I hugged her narrow shoulders, she reached to hold me still and said, Excuse me, are you Jesus? Is that why you were so kind? Excuse me, are you Jesus? To, to have had me on your mind. You picked up all the pieces the bruised and broken parts, you put me back in business. You were Jesus to my heart. Just like Paul said, once I was bruised and broken, blind and groping on my way, when someone stopped to help me, paid the damage and made me say, excuse me, are you Jesus? You see, my question to you today is this. Have you ever been mistaken for the Savior? 
Has anybody looked at your life and the way that you treat people or the way that you do things and said, man, you reflect the Savior of the world. You reflect Jesus. Excuse me, excuse me are, you, are you Jesus? Wouldn't that be a cool question to be asked at some point in our life? It happens by remembering we're the masterpiece of God. Created new through Jesus to do good works that were planned for us long ago. Let's pray. God, you're so wonderful. Thank you for looking at us and saying we're very good. Thank you for seeing through all of my issues and all of my problems and all of my sins and all of my junk and saying, that's mine and that's very good. God, help that to well up in my spirit to serve, to do the good works that you planned for me long ago and to recognize that when I do good things, I'm just following your plan. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.